Welcome to the eve of the biggest scrimmage in Ole Miss football history since last week. Anyway, we're going to overreact on it and talk about things we're looking forward to. We have Stuart Patrick's coming on the show today and Tom Vanderford, barring technology. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast, this Friday edition. We're on Barring Technology. We're going to have Stuart Patridge on the show today and Tom Vanderford, a guest field lineup of this jam-packed show. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for um, notifications of new videos going up. And, of course, upvote the video itself. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Anyway, let's get right to it. Everybody wants to know about this quarterback competition, and I've let you know this week what my opinion is of where it says. Not that I'm rooting for anybody. I'd be just as happy if Luke wins the job as Jackson Dart, but I just want somebody to win the job. That's what camp I'm in. If you're asking me what I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for brevity <laughs> in the, re- the remaining quarterback search. I don't care if it's Jackson Dart or Luke Altmyer. Let it be somebody, and they're going to make Ole Miss football better because they – clearly won the job now in my opinion after the last one because that's the one that everybody got to put eyes on that's the thing where you couldn't control the narrative of what happened that was an unvarnished look at Jackson Dart and he looked amazing now if he can string another performance like that because the question that has been surrounding Jackson Dart for the duration of this quarterback competition has been consistency and everybody talks about the turnovers and things like that. I want to see a similar thing happen in the next scrimmage. We're not going to hear a thing about it. There's no motivation for Lane Kiffin to talk about it. There's no motivation for players to talk about it. There's no motivation for media to try and find out about it. We're not going to hear a single thing in the next scrimmage. We're going to have normal bowler plate interviews with three players and Lane Kiffin bragging about what Juice did and NIL and anything besides what we really want to know about. These distractions around the program just takes our mind away from trying to figure out what we're trying to find out about, which might be the quarterback competition. It might be the offensive line situation. It might be the defense and the depth that are developing on the defensive line. I've heard very good things about J.J. Pegues. Um, Troy Brown coming from the Mac. There's so many questions that people could go down that rabbit hole, but they're choosing not to. They would rather do a human interest story in Mississippi about a Labrador because that's a rare thing, a Labrador in Mississippi. Now, I like Juice. He's a cute dog. I have a Labrador sitting a foot beside me right here while I'm doing my show. Love dogs. I just don't understand why it's such a big deal that a head football coach has one. I I don't know. It it seems forced to me. It's kind of like the 
um, frat guy, the keg party punter. That That's a story that, honestly, he's not even pads yet. Let's wait to the first game. It, it's designed to keep us from trying to figure out stuff that we need to figure out. It is designed to distract us from the fact that we might have quarterback competition questions. We might have a question about the offensive line. We might have a question about what our eyes actually saw in the scrimmage. But we're talking about punished players doing laps with juice. We're talking about um, a keg stand punter. We're talking about all kinds of stuff that in the end is not really consequential. I'm sure they're nice kids. There's nothing wrong with them. But it doesn't answer the question that we originally had. And people just let it go so quickly now. But everybody saw, with their own eyes, the scrimmage last week. Everybody saw Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer only take snaps with the first and second team, and Kincaid Dent only getting snaps with the third team. Stuff like that matters, people. Do not get distracted by somebody talking about it. Do not, you know, whenever they're doing, look over here, look over here. There's something going on that they don't want you to see. They don't want you to pay attention to. Now, this isn't anything negative about Lane Kiffin. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But it's gotten to the point where... Um, Two people can get on stage and one person can say it's raining outside. The other person can say it's not. The media will write two opposing opinion pieces about why it's raining and why it's not. And nobody looks out the window to see if it's actually raining. It's absolutely bizarre. It's almost dereliction of duty, but... In a situation like this quarterback competition, which has been the biggest story for the last six months, and it's not even been close, it has been the biggest story. I understand that there's only certain way, so many ways you can tell the story before you start to get repetitive. I get that. I get the need that you need to come up with a new and exciting storyline every day to try and hit. And your avenue to get there is the press conference. I get that if you ask a question that's pertinent to the team, he might not answer it. That doesn't mean it doesn't need to happen. I've been in or around these press conferences for two decades. I mean, probably I, I cut my teeth as a public affairs um, specialist in the U.S. Navy in 99 and 2000. One of the first events that we had was a tragic F-14 crash at NES JRB Willow Grove. I think it was in 2000 or 2001. It might have been 2001. But that was one of my first things and one of my first introductions to the way that media acts. They don't necessarily care about the who, what, when, why, and how. And all of that stuff that they're supposed to care about, they don't care about that. They're looking for an angle that they think nobody else has that might, may or might not be pertinent to those who, what, when, where, and how. We um, ba basically, during that F-14 crash, 
picked up five journalists for trespassing, trying to get a photo of a dead body. Really disgusting stuff. So, honestly, that has shaped my opinion on all of this. And even after that, I went into broadcast journalism. And I've done the AF, AFN Good Morning Vietnam thing. I've done um, national media at Yahoo. I've done local TV at WSMV in Nashville. I even um, had a stint working in USL. That's what that's for. Um, this scrimmage is going to be unique, okay? The scrim because you're not going to hear. Nobody is motivated to tell you actually what is happening in the scrimmage. I have no ways to get that information to you, or I would. Understand that. But we're going to have two weeks of basically they're not going to name a starter at quarterback, and they shouldn't. Wayne Kiffin should not do that. It's not going to be pressed because the um, subscription media make money as the longer this competition goes on. If they can get this competition to go into September, they would. So with all of the motivations on both sides to do this, kind of pu pulling in the same way, don't expect much information coming out about the quarterback competition. We should watch the interviews after the scrimmage that they put up, watch them in their entirety. They might get asked questions about the quarterback and listen to the answers. Because at this point, you're just looking for clues. Nobody's going to come out and just say it, but you might get clues one way or another. And that's the best we can hope for. Now, this is the last real scrimmage of the fall. Next week will be a mock game, and a mock game is a college football game and a scrimmage with everything except the football plays. All of your operation, your headset, headset etiquette, your substitution patterns, they'll call in the the first 11 on the kickoffer team and bring them in. And it's, it is the ultimate walkthrough. We did these every year with Ed Orgeron as the coach. And this was usually preseason game number four or the fourth scrimmage, sometime the fifth. This is the, going to be the third. And we're going to have two scrimmages. It, it, it's an unbelievably unique situation at Ole Miss. Now, I'm not complaining about a bit of it. Not a bit of it. I'm just trying to let you know how the next two weeks are going to go. You're going to hear several different excuses that aren't really going to be do anything. Just remember this conversation happened. If they name a quarterback in a week, that means Jackson Dart had a great scrimmage again. And all of this can be put behind us and we can get ready for Troy. But... If you don't hear anything until the Troy game, there's probably a need for secrecy, and it doesn't really mean anything. Remember the Ryan Buchanan, Devontae Kincaid, and Chad Kelly quarterback competition and how it was reported on as a quarterback competition for the whole fall. They did not name Chad Kelly until the game, day of the game against, I think, at UT Martin. And the first pass, you're just like, wait, there was no quarterback competition here. This was the do the whole time. You have to be ready for that and just keep your eyes open. Anyway, I want to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net 
is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online resources for lines and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I bet you can even get Major League Soccer if you say pretty please. A little Charlotte FC and Inter Miami line. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today to use your mobile or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College football insiders. Deuce McAllister is actually one of those. Is everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot? Search for your ultimate college football preview on your Odyssey app. YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm here with Stuart Patridge again. He talked to us last time. He's back by popular demand. He got cut off in the middle of an LSU store. We're going to get back to that and we're going to talk a little bit um, about camp and the scrimmage. How you doing, Stuart? I'm doing good. Glad to be back, Stephen. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, so um, what people don't realize, we were in the middle of a really good story when the internet went out with the um, LSU game in 97 because the week before, if people would realize, LSU had beaten Florida. I think Florida was number one in the country, and honestly, LSU looked really good doing it. Um, talk a little bit about the pressure uh, preparation lead up to that game. Uh, the, the week before the game, you know, we're watching film of them playing Florida, uh, and usually uh, – Coach Mazzoni and I would uh, usually have about an hour when it was just me and him kind of talk through the game plan, what what I was comfortable with, what we're going to put in. And we're watching uh, the LSU-Florida game, and Florida was number one. Doug Johnson was one of the top passers in the SEC, and he got picked off five times. Cedric Donaldson ran two for touchdowns. I mean, they were just in the backfield the whole game. And I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and, Neither one of us really wants to say, say anything because they look so dominant. Uh, and Florida was number one. They spanked them. Uh, you know, and LSU's number eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the week leading up to the game, when you're putting in game plans, and, uh, he really did a great job, and we were able to execute. But yeah, uh, heading up to – you know, and anytime you play in Death Valley, I'm glad we played that at 11.30 game and not a 7 <laughs> o'clock game for sure. Yeah, I think Bo Wallace would agree with you after 2014 because that – that place at nighttime in a big game, it can turn into a real cauldron. Yeah, it really can. There's a reason I've got a jail inside the stadium. <laughs> yeah, in, in 95, I think that was the game, Paul Head played quarterback that game. Were you on that roster that year? I was on the roster. I was uh, getting rich that year. Yeah. Yeah, th- that was the game because LSU at that point had, and I mean, I'm, we're going off way into the weeds here, but like Eddie Kennison and Herb Tyler – and all of those yeah. dudes, and it, and it was kind of uh, clicking a little bit. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Falk. Kev, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was – yeah, they had some real good players. Yeah, they, they, they were some dudes. They, they were some legit dudes. But anyway, let's move on to this quarterback competition because I, I'm interested in your perspective on this go, since you've gone through multiple competitions in, right. in, in your life. This thing between Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer, what is each quarterback kind of thinking and going through before each practice as they prepare? Well, you know, clearly there's uh, a lot of pressure. 
but being a quarterback, if you know, if you choose to continue that path from Pee Wee to junior high to high school and then to the you know, biggest stage there is, uh, especially playing the SEC, you got to have some self confidence. That doesn't mean that doesn't get shaped or rattled or you know, but um, you know, I think when you've got an inner confidence, which I'm sure both these guys do, I actually got to see the scrimmage, the first scrimmage. And so I'll say, the, you know, I know we've got a quarterback battle, but all three of them looked good. So that's a good problem to have, especially in the SEC, because, you know, you're just one play away from, you know, being the starter. Yeah, what, what did you see in the scrimmage, like, from each guy that stood out? Yeah, uh, I mean, clearly Jackson Dart had a good game, but I thought Altmaier looked good as well. Uh, Kincaid, when he had his opportunity to get in. Uh, some of the – and I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, you made a good point about plays being scripted and kind of how the, even though this is a scrimmage and you play out the drive, you know, it could be that their offense, you know, this series is working on a passing game inside the 20 where, you know, one quarterback may have had a running game. Uh, so sometimes that's misleading. And then also when they're blowing the whistle with the defense tackles, you know, so some of that, you know, both quarterbacks look good to me. Uh, clearly, Jackson Dart, numbers-wise, well, number-wise, King uh, uh, K then had the best game. But uh, they all look good. I, I think, uh, you know, competition always you know, you know, brings out the best in everybody. But uh, hopefully uh, the second scrimmage, and I know I heard you speak about they probably want to extend the, not naming the starter to the end of the week. But you've got to yeah. have some cohesiveness, and you got to have that guy. But not only that, you got to have an attitude of the other players around you. They're believing because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make the offense go. That's what's going to make the team go is that, hey, the coaches believe in this guy. We believe in this guy. And so that's really where you don't want to have any doubt is the players around them, you know, whoever they choose to be the starter. Yeah, and I, and I do think that if there's a good scrimmage and they decide who is going to be the quarterback, we're not going to know who the quarterback is going to be, right. but it's going to be settled internally. Uh, but, yeah, I do mention all the time, I tell people all the time, that sometimes coaches can script plays for a bad performance for a quarterback. If they need yeah. to be brought down a little bit mentally, if they're a little bit cocky, they right. they will humble them in the script. That is a, that is the truth. I can uh, confirm that for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and a lot of times, and just like you were saying, most practices, uh, you know, especially with Kiffin, are closed, so you don't get to see. Mm -hmm. So you've only got what really wants you <laughs> the, the story to come out that, you know, they want to come out. Uh, of course, they've got a plan and do that for a reason. But I would say this, uh, you know, watching all the quarterbacks, but especially uh, Jackson and Luke, uh, those guys can definitely both be successful starters in the SEC. Uh, so I'm not worried about that one bit. I tell you what, uh, handing off to uh, – one of many running backs is going to be a, uh, exciting to watch too. So I was I was excited about that. Yeah, the the last Ole Miss quarterback, and you went through this to probably have a running back stable as good as these two quarterbacks is going to have is probably you, maybe Romero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, John Avery, Deuce McAllister is kind of hard to start. Two first rounders. So yes, two first round picks. Uh, makes things a lot easier on you. And, uh, <laughs> I was really impressed with the running back. So, uh, and you know, and I tell you what, that's good for the quarterback when you've got an experienced line. Uh, the one thing we do need is get the, the snaps kind of under control, but that'll come. Uh, 
but you got to experience the offensive line and two, two or three guys that can, you know, tote the mail. Uh, who's ever playing quarterback is going to get a chance to, you know, shine. Yeah, it, 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 it's really cool. I, actually, I'm glad you went to the scrimmage and had, had these insights. Is there anything that we maybe are not thinking about from that first scrimmage that maybe you noticed? Uh, well, I just think, you know, because everybody's talking. And he did have a, a, a great game, 14 to 17, two touchdowns. Uh, and so with the 13 of 20 with uh, – Luke, that's what I mean. Some of the, the if you watch the, the whole drive and kind of have the, the series of plays and, and, you know, whether they scored or how they moved the ball, some of that's, you know, doesn't show up in the, the press clippings or the stats. So I thought both quarterbacks really did a good job. So I, I was excited about that. And so, you know, those guys both can throw it. They both can move. They're athletic. Uh, they both seem to have – the presence of knowing what's going on, directing guys, you know, uh, the defense got after him pretty good too, uh, especially on the D line. So, I mean, there was, there was pressure and they seemed to handle that well. So whoever gets named the starter, I, I feel confident that they're going to be able to lead the offense, you know, put, put the points on the board and hopefully wins in the win column. Yeah. Kind of my mantra on this show over the last six months is root for a quarterback to clearly win the job. Do not root for a particular quarterback. Right. Um, yeah, that 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 needs to be the mindset. Root for the logo on the side of the helmet more than anything else. That's and because exactly right. I, yeah. I think that's a good way. To, that's a good way to, to uh, look at it, and also a good way because you're rooting for the team. I mean, mm-hmm. it, clearly the quarterback's usually the one that gets most of the blame or most of the credit, uh, and he's usually the, should be the leader on the team. Uh, but you you know you want that guy to be supported uh, from everybody. Uh, take it from a guy that once was. I mean, you want everybody to feel like you're the guy uh, if you are. You know, so. Oh, um, one more thing before I let you go. Um, going back to that 97 LSU game, because that's obviously on my brain. Um, Matt Luke on Booger McFarlane. On paper, that was just a huge mismatch. But Matt Luke had a day. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Matt, I can't say enough things about Matt Luke, uh, not only as a football player, uh, but as a man and, and a person, uh, uh, just a great guy. But yeah, you know, he when he showed up to his first camp, he was six three two forty two, and uh, when we played Alabama, we played Alabama, and he ended up having to start. Uh, so just I'm just a real good athlete, but tough. But yeah, Booger McFarlane, and six one two ninety five, and was a, a man <laughs> in a man's league. Uh, but yeah, Matt. I mean, the Matt's got some junkyard dog in him now. He, uh, you know, so plus he's smart. I mean, he called you know a lot, especially that LSU game. Uh, we basically went, which a lot of teams do now. You know, we didn't really do as much. I mean, in high school, we I was in the high backfield when we started off down to one back, but because Avery got hurt, we started running a lot of things out of shotgun, which everybody does now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and everything was either a check with me or, you know, check to a pass if we we're going to run situation, depending on the defense. But Matt's making all those calls on the line as soon as I'm making them to, you know, audible in or out of play. I mean, never makes mistakes, you know, just, yeah, but, he, you know, he, he got after him pretty good that day for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, in today's RPO offenses, how would you have done in an RPO system? Uh, you know, I think where I, I wasn't going to beat anybody in the foot race. Now, I was feet were pretty quick making decisions. Uh, you know, 
they scheme so well now and you get so much space, you know, if you get guys going one place or another, I mean, I still think the best way to go is to fly. So throw the ball in there. Uh, but, you know, I, I would have managed. All right. And before I let you out of here, when John Avery ran that kickoff back against Alabama and Oxford, I think it was in 96, and they called a 15-yard penalty because he dove into the end zone. What yeah. was the reaction to that? Does, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think that was actually 97. 97, okay. Yeah. Because uh, they just, you know, we got up, we were ahead of them first half and let them come back. Uh, ridiculous. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes the refs are just, Anyway, but it, you know, it, it was fun to watch. Fun. Look, and I normally got to see it from you know back in watching them move. I think the last time I was on here, I told you that first day at practice. Hmm. You know, my dad and brother had already told me about him, but that first day of practice in shells, but he moved from you know far hash all the way to the left. And I mean, you got a bunch of guys that are on scholarship too in the SEC, and they look like they were standing still. I was like, goodness gracious, alive. Well, on his 97-yard touchdown run against Arkansas, when he uh, got yes. before the second level, he was gone. You just I looked. So, it was, <laughs> it was so, I got my nose broke to play before. Yeah. And uh, so I'll never forget, Corey Peterson was coming in, and I, kid, I was trying to get my breath. and couldn't really talk, and I was like, just call, call the play. And Corey was, no, I can't call the play. I don't know what to say. Just say what you're going to say to me to get my helmet. And, so, you know, and luckily, handed off to him. It was an inside zone. And, I mean, he made one move, and he was gone. I mean, yeah. just, yeah, it was fun to watch. It was one of the most impressive things, because you played at a time um, when the main quarterback, that whenever you thought of Ole Miss, it was still Archie Manning. Everybody thought oh, yeah. about Archie. Everything went back to Archie. Since That's you've right. played, I mean, people, you know, Romero had a career. Eli has come through. Um, oh, Bo I... Wallace, Chad, it, it, there's kind of been an assembly line. But you really started the trend. Those those guys in 97 on to that, through Romero, through Eli, you were the guy that started this. Well, you know, I was glad to be a part of it. And we touched on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, that 97 team, you know, we'd only had, me and my dad argued about this, 59 or 61 guys on scholarship because we'd had the second worst probation next to SMU mm -hmm. ever. So for us to, uh, you know, have a great season, go to a bowl game, finish in the top 25. And then from that year on, I think we went to eight straight bowl games, maybe, and only one other school had done that. So we started, you know, glad to be part of something that started, yeah. you know, Ole Miss back on a consistent, uh, consistent winning, and you know, having some good teams. So you know, glad to be a part of that. Glad to be a rebel for sure. Yeah. Always. When, when did you visit out of high school? Um, what, what what was the uh, year for? Uh, I graduated in '93, uh, so I went to. I didn't get recruited. No, nobody recruited me in high school. I take that back. John Darnell, who's a great quarterback uh, mm -hmm. for Ole Miss and a good friend, uh, I played. He was coaching the high school team at, uh, down in Jackson, and we played against him. And so he got a job at Delta State. And his first day there, he drove over. It was about 30. Cleveland was about 30 minutes from Greenwood. Took me over there to meet the coach. They had already uh, offered a scholarship. He called Coach Brewer. They didn't have any scholarship. So – uh, nobody really recruited me until I went to junior college, and we won a national championship there. Mm. Uh, and so then I got to, you know, then everybody recruited me after that. But I, mm. I'm a Mississippi guy, 
and the SEC guy, you know, that was kind of my goal. My dad played in the SEC. I, you know, I wanted to play in the SEC. And I knew I was going to be at one of the Mississippi schools. So that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, the reason I bring that up is because in the, the 91, 92, and 93 years at Ole Miss, those last Billy Brewer hurrahs, like Russ Shouse and Tom Luke right. and, and those guys were coming through. I was yeah. wondering if you had a relationship with any of those guys. Yeah, uh, I know both of them quite well. Uh, hmm. Both of them, unbelievable athletes, competitors, good guys. You know, unfortunately uh, for them, you know, Tom – uh, got a couple concussions and come out and Russ, if he would have played uh, in the type of offense that I got to play in or some of these guys now, I mean, it would have been, you know, big, athletic, fast, can throw, and they had him running the trap option. And it's just, that's right, I remember that, that. I mean, yeah, and that's just, you know, and sometimes people don't understand, you know, what's going on and they just do the player and they don't understand that. You know, yeah, you know, nobody could be successful, you know, out of yeah. that. So Yeah, we have yeah, a mantra but, on a mantra on this show. System is everything. It it yeah, matters about it, everything. In anything you do. Um, exactly right. So, but anyway, yeah, Stuart, like, thank Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um and I'd love to have you back, maybe um for one yeah. of our post game show if you'll do it. Yeah, be glad to. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, glad to be a rebel and a fan, like everybody else now. So, all right, man. Hotty toddy. Appreciate it. Hotty toddy. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor: subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications and new videos when they go up, which happens quite a bit. And of course upvote the video itself it would make us very happy i'm here with tom vanderford for his weekly spot we've got the biggest scrimmage in the history of Ole Miss football since last week this weekend exactly exactly mm-hmm. looking looking forward to seeing how that quarterback uh competition evolves uh looking forward to seeing uh which receivers stand out um the running backs, I don't think we've ever been blessed with this depth and quality of running backs uh, in my lifetime. And uh, I, once again, just looking for the defense. I, You know, uh, last scrimmage, the defensive line, uh, there were parts where they dominated, showed up and showed out. That was so good to hear. We haven't had a, dominated, a dominating defensive line in quite some time. Yeah, it's been a minute or two. Probably 2014, some parts of 2015. That's probably the last time. Yep, that's it. Well, um, my take is on the quarterback competition is after last week, a similar performance. If Jackson Dart goes out and does it again to where he dominates both scrimmages in fall, the job's basically over with. We're not going to hear from Wayne Kiffin anything confirming it. We're not going to hear about the media confirming it. But I think that's where we might be. So the narrative after this scrimmage, I'm predicting this, is that Luke Altmaier had a great scrimmage no matter how he does. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Just like the last scrimmage, you know, uh, uh, Coach gave props to Kincaid Dent, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is is in all realities a distant third. Uh, Mm -hmm. He just just likes – 
he just likes throwing things out there and 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 seeing what people snap on. Yeah, he he baits he baits the media a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he's he he he's uh got three really good uh, quarterbacks. They're just you know they're young, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have to learn. But after the the performance Dart had, you're right. I mean, what was it, fourteen to seventeen? Something uh, like that, yeah. No, no, no picks. Uh, that's 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 kind of what you're looking for. Uh, and it was against, I assume, some some pretty good defenders as well. So, uh, looking forward to just seeing how that competition goes, and looking forward to that first game to see who uh, gets out there and and takes the field, and just how good we look. Yeah. Part of what I want to do, and whether I'm right or I'm wrong, I might be proven wrong completely on this, and I'll be okay with that. But it is I think it is my job to translate what is actually happening. And me being in that room, I know what the conversations that lead to the conversations to the media and hoping that they'll pick up certain narratives. Um, because this is the play this is the same playbook that Errol Orgeron used fifteen years ago. So I I think it's important that I, I kind of tell people like it is uh, or like I see it to be as opposed to saying things that might be, I don't know, a pushed narrative by one side or the other. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, they you know they, they both come from the Pete Carroll tree mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're a lot alike and, and the way they do things uh, – systemically are a lot alike. I mean, you couldn't probably find two people that were more not alike, you know, naturally, but, but, you know, they use the same system that, that Pete Carroll used and they do a lot of the same things that Pete Carroll did. So I would think that we would probably need to listen to you since you have that uh, experience factor in knowing how these things work out and what the, what the plans are and what the narratives are. Yeah, and people do not realize Lane Kiffin's coaching staff and the way his cold head coaching style up to about 90 or 95% is Pete Carroll. What they did at USC is real similar to what they do here. Um, The stuff with Nick Saban is like maybe how you deal with the media. Pete Carroll was big on open practices. You can't do that. So it's maybe Nick Saban on closing things down. Um, the shadow that comes in coverage, that's a Nick Saban thing. But most of this is Pete Carroll stuff. The fun, the competitiveness, and the pro mindset are all um, pillars of the Pete Carroll system back when he was at USC. And it was the same set- setup that we had when Ed Orgeron was the coach at Ole Miss, which instead of um, pro mindset, his rule was protect the team. And it, it means the same thing. It's just a different way to do it. But – Lane Kiffin figured out a way to tweak it, make a hashtag out of it, and um, make it even more successful. Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to also. I just want to see the defense again uh, this weekend. I so many years of just hoping, you know, that the defense, just like Lane Kiffin said before last season, I just want to see us make somebody punt. You know, that's that's where we were at at the beginning of last season. And now 
this season, I mean, we've got some really good players. And yeah, I, uh, it's going to be exciting I, to watch. Yeah, I just don't know if I'll ever forgive Wesley McGriff for what he did to this defense. Uh, well, I mean, th- th- those two, 2017 and 2018 defenses were special bad. I mean, legit. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they, well, it's it, they were, you know, the this is just my observation, I, and I could be wrong. It could have been coaching. It could have been the system, but I think it was a little bit of that, but it was also we, we were so slow. Hmm. We were so slow at linebacker, whether it was just not a good first step or whatever it was, we were so – We didn't so, really have one. Oh, gosh. I yeah. mean, Taylor Polk was really all we had. <laughs> Yeah, and he was a walk-on. you know, if you put his heart into Patrick Willis, you'd have another Patrick Willis. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But he, uh, you know, just just sitting there and watching watching us play state in that that egg bowl where Fitzgerald just kept running up the middle, man, and there was nobody there. And I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm glad those days are over. I really am. Chris Ralph did that like nine years earlier. Um, he sure did. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, they beat us in yep. 2009 doing that um, as well. Now, before I yep. let you go. Yes, sir. Uh, what are the top three things you're looking forward to in tomorrow's scrimmage? Oh, goodness. Top three things. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see... How 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 Dart and Altmire do, mm-hmm. and 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 Kincaid Dent too, but really watching the Dart and Altmire, watching to see what kind of chemistry is is developed between those quarterbacks and the receivers and and the tight ends. I know we've we've it, it's been mentioned that you know this summer Jalen Robinson and of course. You know he's he's uh, darts uh, big buds with trig that they're that they're kind of working together. I want to see that chemistry develop. Uh, I really don't need to see anything from the running backs. Uh, from all I've heard, uh, Judkins is going to be a huge, mm. huge surprise. Um, that's hearing from people just talking and then people on the team that he's just a grown man. He really is. He's a He's a teenage grown man, so. But uh, I really want to see how our our front does. You know, our our linebackers and our defensive line. No matter what set we're in, whether we're in the three two six or whatever the case is. And then I, this may be more than three. You'll have to excuse me. But I want to see how our box safeties do. I think we have two very 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 physical box safeties. Uh, and uh, Young and uh, the kid from Auburn. I can't believe Tennyson. I can't think of his name. Yeah, Tennyson. Uh, that is that's something that that I think that we're going to enjoy watching this year. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be able to smack some people in the mouth for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I, I think it should be um, really interesting to see. And of course, thank you for coming by for this week's segment. We'll catch you next week as well. But first, I want to let everybody know they can get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC their second listen. Every day, host Chris Gordy and local experts of Locked On, that would be me, 
take you across the SEC in 30 minutes or less. Make the Locked On SEC show your second listen every day. Locked On SEC. Tom, thank you very much for stopping by. We will catch you next week. I think next week is like an off week of treatment, so you should feel a little bit better, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next week's my off week, man. I'll be bouncing off the ceiling. All right. I, I will see you then, bud, and um, take care until then. Thanks, man. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.